two weeks, we draw a paycheck for talking. This is game day right here on TSN 1050. That cause that is Gareth Wheeler. Don't jinx it, please. <laughs> good point. Knocking wood. Knocking on wood. Is this actually wood? This I don't know. Our boy, I don't know. Rich Mahogany. Rich Mahogany. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. Dirk Hayhurst, our TSN Blue Jays analyst, is going to join us in a couple minutes. We'll, uh, some thoughts about Marcus Stroman, who uh, wins the WBC MVP. Looked great against Puerto Rico. Um, also, the, uh, the rotation has been set. And it is not Aaron Sanchez. He will not be the opening day starter. He's not the second, not the third, not the fourth. He is the fifth. What's more odd, the fact that Estrada is starting or the fact that Aaron Sanchez is starting last of the rotation? Right. A month from now, you won't even know. No, no, of course. At all. Yeah, that's the newsy thing. I mean, the big thing really want to get to with him is, again, the, the, the quotes – um, that we heard the other day from the WBC, from Ian Kinsler, saying that, uh, you know, Puerto Rico, these guys, you know, they celebrate a little too much. And it's more the big picture of the war on fun. Like, just it seems how if you are a North American-born player, you are so much more conservative in your joy. And if you're, if you're from the Dominican, if you're from Puerto Rico, if you're from somewhere not North America, even we see in Japan and South Korea, the celebration is so much bigger. And I actually heard one interesting theory on this. Um, in North America, maybe we take our freedom for granted. In other parts of the world where things are a lot more serious, because let's face it, we talk about all the time, for a lot of us in North America, we're lucky. We don't have any real, any real legitimate problems. And for other countries, this is their time, their main time to express joy. So maybe that's why there's a contrast. Isn't it weird that in North American sport, celebration or fun is discouraged? Yes, it's like the, really the, the weird. NFL made a video. Yeah, don't do for this. Their players telling them how they can celebrate. If you and a fellow player really? would like, really, to, if you and a fellow player would like to exchange a firm and hearty handshake after a touchdown, that is allowed. How ridiculous is that? I don't know. How? I, I don't know. I don't, there, I, there's, there's, there's two elements of sport that we love. The reason why we love the game. We love the competitive nature, okay, of sport. I think that's natural. We also like how it's fun. It's an escape. Yeah. And even when you're angry about it because your team didn't win, it's still fun. That's why you consume because it's not real life. Yes. You're telling me that you can't celebrate, you can't be passionate over something that, one, these athletes put a whole lot of work into. Yep. Two, are supposed to enjoy doing, not it's just collect game. a paycheck. It's a game. And three, entertain. Yes. It's, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, Base, I, I, the, I don't get it. Baseball's the worst for this because. Football's pretty bad, too. No, no, the way no, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I know it's one day back, so that's your first real bad interruption. Stop. Um, I would say the same. Stop. Go. Uh, (laughs) That was good. Baseball to me is worse in this respect. When you express joy in baseball, you get a fastball thrown at you. So the way that the adults problem solve is they throw things at you. In football, it still stinks, but it's a fine from from the league. But in baseball, it's like, wait a minute. You celebrated too much. Here's a fastball. I'm going to throw it at you for showing joy. That's to me what bugs would me you, the most with baseball. Would you rather the fastball thrown your way or a flag? 
I'd rather have the flag. I would much. I, I will take. I will take as if you're an NFL player. You probably make a decent coin. I'll take that five thousand dollar fine. A pitcher doesn't get a fastball thrown at them. No, they don't. You know. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it's annoying. Yeah, it's the flag though is almost just as bad because it's like condescending, I feel. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to entertain. You do something spectacular that you trade, train months for. There's 16 games a year. You get into the end zone. You're celebrating, and a flag's thrown your way. Yeah. Really? And then you're told by your coaching staff you don't want to hurt the team. It's stupid. Don't be selfish. So- really? It's... Football's bad. All of these sports are bad for it. Yes. The one sport that acknowledges fun mm-hmm. is basketball. Mm-hmm. And they kind of allow these things to go on. Yeah, they, they, they certainly and, do more than the and, other and, sports. And, and that's why it's a fun property to be part of, be in the stadium, be in the, in the arena. That, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, soccer, you can do your own thing. Yeah. You can. Yeah, like it's of just, course. It's great Football and baseball, though, are the two. And hockey. Quint- and hockey. Well, Oh, hockey as well. You celebrate. That's true. You get a, oh, no, 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 no. You better not show up. It's the same thing. It's hockey. Good call. It's baseball, and it's football. Because I was framing that that the two more quintessentially American sports, okay, football and baseball, yes. Yes. had that stigma. But you're right. We here in this country, we're guilty of it as well. Of course. A hundred percent. Good call, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Dirk Hayhurst will join us in a couple minutes. Plus, after that, we're going to get the Raptors. They beat up on the Miami Heat. And after the first quarter, that game was a laugher. The Raptors, after that first quarter, just dominated Miami in Miami. DeMar DeRozan, 40 points without making a three-point shot. Only attempted like two or three. Which, that might be the rarest thing. How often do we see a guy score 40 Without at least hitting a three-point shot, which is just—he's—he's he's such a unique player yeah. in in the NBA. And, 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 and at the same time, now the Raptors are ten and five without Kyle Lowry. Yep. Like, think about the lowest of lows when it when it's felt like the floor has been falling out. Yeah. They have a six sixty-six win percentage mm-hmm. without Lowry. I know. It's, it's... And without three-point shooters. Yep. Which is wild. Dirk Hayhurst joining us now. This Baseball Insider, they're back. This Baseball Insider is brought to you by Oakland Ford Lincoln Quick Lane. Conveniently located at 570 Trafalgar Road in Oakville. Oh, I don't know what I'm more excited about. Dirk is joining us. It's Dirk's birthday or the good people of Oakland Ford Lincoln. It's Dirk's birthday. It is. Happy birthday, Dirk. Should we sing happy birthday? How about a gift for him? We don't sing him happy birthday. Oh, that's not Thank you. Yes, yes, the latter. I'll take the latter. Happy birthday. Uh, See, now it's punishment again. This is just like... You know, when I grew up as a kid, and my relatives tried to sing and they couldn't, and then they started fighting and drinking. Thanks for bringing back that memory. Really. Okay, if you could have one birthday <laughs> wish, Dirk, what would it be? One birthday wish? Yeah. Uh, man, feed I don't children, know. Feed the I, children, feed all the I, children, feed all the I, children. I, I want World to peace. pilot a giant robot. Yes. And just... Yeah. That's right. Lay waste to a city. Yeah. You know. What city yeah. specifically? Because I probably don't want to be there. Baltimore. No, 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 no. Like a, you know, like a test city. Like a Los Angeles film city, you know, where nobody lives there. You just get to blow it up. Okay. Hey, listen, yeah. Dirk. Some people want to cure disease and war, feed children. You want to power a robot. Your answer is far, far better. Um, yeah. 
Yes, I agree. Before we, <laughs> before we get into the minutia of the Jays starting rotation or why Ian Kinsler hates fun, uh, your thoughts on Marcus Stroman, who I believe pitched more innings than anyone else in the WBC, which leads to some people being worried because you you tax yourself, I would imagine, a little bit more because there's more adrenaline in these games than in spring training. But your thoughts on Stroman? Well, look, if Stroman's going to get hurt, um, the WBC won't factor into it. You know, just the fact that he's throwing hard, he's throwing a lot of innings, um, that is going to it's going to be an issue at some point in his career. That's just the nature of pitching. So if you want to look at the WBC and say, well, if he wouldn't have pitched in it, he, he probably won't get hurt when he inevitably does because hashtag baseball, hashtag pitching, uh, that's just how it goes. I think that's a false corollary. Just because you throw overhand and you throw hard means you're going to get hurt at some point. So we can throw that out the window and be thankful that the other stuff is there. Because, look, this guy's 25 years old now. He's pitched in two postseason runs. He's pitched in elimination games and pivotal games. And now he's pitching a championship game in the World Baseball Classic, which is a, another big stage with a lot of pressure. So if you want to feel good about anything, you know whether he is the certified ace of the team or the stopper or whatever – storyline moniker he gets during the the course of his career the fact is he's a young guy with a lot of big game experience and that is important because if the blue jays do find themselves in make or break games at least they know they have a staff that can handle that kind of pressure and i think that's the important thing to look at and it also sets the stage for him to be a mentor to other younger pitchers i know he's only 25 but think in the next four years there's going to be guys coming up under him that are going to look for leadership, and it's nice to have a young, controllable, organizational face there that says, yeah, I've been here before, and this is how it works. Random side question, Dirk. Uh, I was distracted by all of Marcus Stroman's gold chains that, that he and a lot of pitchers wear. Uh, across Major League Baseball. Why is it cool for a starting pitcher to wear a lot of gold chains around your neck when you're playing baseball? But if you saw a guy like that wearing that in real life, he'd be a, de- he'd be a complete douchebag. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like you just, you just said Mr. T is a douchebag. And Mr. <laughs> T, is, he is an icon, okay? He is a, he's, a mess, he's a legend. He's an inspirational figure. He pities I fools. Mean, so so we're all, are all... Baseball players paying homage to Mr. T. Is that where is that I, where we are? I would are? love for that narrative to. I would love for that narrative to persist. I really would love for that to be like just saying like you know Mr. T is so important to baseball that all pitchers must emulate him at some <laughs> some form or another. Right. Um, you know what? Honestly, guys, I, there is no rhyme or reason for the gold chain thing. I think it's just you like to have a little bling out there. It makes it feel good to go out with a little war decoration. Um, I used to know guys that would have excessive amount of, of wristbands and or like uh, position players who would put on excessive amounts of big bracer-like wristbands, which did nothing. That I, can, I can't even think of one thing it would do for you. Like it stops the sweat on your forearm, or maybe if like you take a ball off the forearm, it, it does. But they felt cool doing it, so they kept wearing it. And so if you feel cool with your gold chain on out there or several chains, Fine, wear it. If confidence is, you know, something you can derive from dress and it helps you pitch better, it's not hurting anybody. Sure. I will tell you, I'm, I'm glad that it's gold chains and not like those fighting, ridiculous, power-infused, triple-braided titanium necklaces that oh, were all the rage those like scams. 10 years ago. Those scams. Yeah, yeah those ones yeah. are horrible. Hardly- At least you know that you can melt gold down and resell it for something valuable I, later. I, I, I totally get it. It's just like... 
when I think of an athlete or an athletic, you know, sport, I don't think of someone wearing gold chains going to do hurdles or I, I don't know. I just it, it, it was just a side question. I was just kind of distracted by the bling. Some, go back and look at some famous Olympic hurdles hurdlers. They there were they were necklaces, chains. yeah. Yes, there are. I know. It's maybe not to the extent of Marcus Stroman, but I'll leave that alone. Steve Phillips <laughs> breaking down the starting rotation. Dirk, does it matter what order pitchers? pitch in like does it send a message optically because once you get into the season it means absolutely nothing but from opening day when you have five healthy starters does the order matter well here's the thing so you can either put the guy that everybody currently in the media says has the most valuable stock value for your starting rotation in the front so everyone can say we're leading with our ace or you can set up the rotation in such a fashion that you allow the guys who will need more rest to get it and the guys that you want to face the stronger teams because they're a better matchup to face those teams and you say to hell with the narrative and to hell with what the fans are worried about we're going to do what we know is the best matchup on paper which would you rather have a chance to talk about i feel really comfortable about this team based on their rotation or the odds are really good even though it doesn't look right the odds are good that you're going to get the most wins out of the gate which in the ale specifically this year with so many teams rebuilding with superstar prospects and throwing money around like the Red Sox have. I mean, I would much rather start off with the best foot possible and to hell with the narrative. I'll just take the W. What's crazier that Estrada's number one or that Aaron Sanchez, they're letting him pitch number five or is none I of think, this crazy at all? And it's just, I don't think any of this crazy. I think the way that Estrada's going to be out there, he's going to get more rest. Mm-hmm. I think that the way Sanchez is going to be out there, he's going to have a chance to face stronger teams, at least in theory, you know, barring any kind of weather-related effects or injuries. But I don't think that either of it's crazy. I think that any one of these guys, and this is the beauty of the Jays' rotation, I mean, it's still a little bit undersold. You know, compared to, like, Price and Sale and Porcello, you know, you have these guys on the Blue Jays staff, which are all excellent players, and Marcus Stroman kind of rose to notoriety from his WBC performance. But all these guys are just kind of, solid guys. They, they all pitch well. Sanchez has a chance to dominate. Estrada has changed up working, and his fastball has been, it's been a few miles per hour harder so far this spring, which denotes that he's over his back issues. I think all of these guys have a chance to dominate when they're out there and still not be known as a guy that you really have to be on your A game to beat, which is great. They're all kind of under-the-radar guys. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be huge. Let, let, me re- let me rephrase the question a little bit, Dirk. As a player, having been there, done that, I mean, would Aaron Sanchez be bothered by the fact that he pitches fifth? And and I, and the reason why I asked that, because just a week ago, his agent came out and said, based upon the contract, the Blue Jays were doing the worst thing ever to Aaron Sanchez. And I just wonder if that plays into the mindset of the player. Well, if you're, if you're a player and you're letting a manager, or your agent or your off-field manager um, – make affect how you're going to perform on field. You've already failed at that, like everything ever. That's the worst possible way you can behave because if you pitch well, no matter if you're the number one guy in the rotation at the beginning of the year, which is completely irrelevant, or if you're the number six guy or whatever you happen to be, all you have to do is pitch well and the money shows up. That's it. You know, if you can put the big games and not big games if you, and you dominate, and the accolades are there, the money will be there. So I wouldn't worry about that. I think, honestly, one of the things that the rotation has going for it is you, you don't really have any notable superstars in it. All of these guys are relatively an arm's length away from each other as far as ability level. 
no one is like the clear untouchable god, which you've seen before. Like you had Roy Halladay and then everyone else at one point in time, you know. Um, and I think the fact that all of these guys are around the same orbit, they all can learn off of each other and see each other as accessible. Not like I'll never approach that guy's greatness, so I'll just I'll just learn from the scraps at his his work table. So I like the fact that this rotation is set kind of awkwardly to what perceptions are, who the best is, because this means that everybody's just anybody can win at any given time. I think it's a vote of confidence in the whole staff, not in one individual player who needs to then start worrying about how much he can leverage his reputation for money come arbitration. Dirk, before we let you go, big picture question for you. Again, I'm joined by Dirk Hayers, TSN Blue Jay analyst, right here on TSN 1050. Do you have any theory as to why two different groups just view baseball differently? When you watched uh, the WBC, and it's a big question, and so I saved it for the end. You have, you know, the fun, the excitement, the parties that are going on in the crowd and on the field, you know, the Dominican, Puerto Rico, uh, with, you know, South Korea, Japan. And then you have Ian Kinsler, and, you know, he doesn't represent all American players. That would be a wild generalization. But you hear it from the Ian Kinslers of the world, the you should play the game our way, our way is the right way. Children, don't see what Puerto Rico is doing. They're doing it wrong. Yeah, you're not just hearing that from Ian Kinsler or, you know, the, the large demographic of white American-born players in baseball. You're hearing that from America in general right now. Isolationism populism, this is the way that you should be, kind of like foreign behavior. You're hearing that a lot. No, I know that, but I think a lot of, I I don't know, though. I think a lot of fans loved, like I remember listening to every guy on ESPN talking about how much they loved what they were seeing from Puerto Rico and from the crowds, and it seems like I think a lot of North Americans, well, maybe I'm wrong, I think a lot of North Americans enjoy it. It just seems like a lot of the players from America don't. Look, I'm going to give you a real quick little side story to kind of use as a metaphor. Sure. I grew up in a small town in small blue-collar Ohio. And when I grew up and I played sports, I was told that it's okay you're not good at math because you're, you know, you're good at sports. Like the two things are on par. So that should give you an inkling into the mindset, right? And the second thing I was told is that, and, and you hear this a lot everywhere, sports are a great way for you to learn how to be a team player, how to work hard. They teach you so many valuable lessons. In fact, gentlemen, sports don't teach you any valuable lessons. The people that coach you and use sports as a vehicle to learn teach you those lessons. So if you grow up in a society that says that you are to behave such a way through this vehicle of sports, which is on par with science or math, this is how you are supposed to behave, and this is the vehicle you've chosen to learn those lessons, when you get to the big leagues, you are going to say that I was brought up to play this game a certain way. And since this game exists in its most premier form inside my country, where I learned to play it, if you don't play it the way I learned it inside my country, you are playing it wrong. And I have the right, because we own the market, to tell you you are, or at least to assume that you are doing it wrong, and to misspeak, which is what Ian Kinsler did, and which many white American-born baseball players do. They say, I have the monopoly on it because I was ingrained to do it this way. Therefore, you are wrong, and I am right, and I'm justified in saying that. And it's total BS. It's total BS because sports is an art form. It's a teaching form. It's a vehicle for learning cultural lessons, and cultures are different. So to assume that someone is playing it wrong because they don't do it like you is to say in a way 
your culture is incorrect, mine is superior, you should do it my way. Unfortunately, a lot of athletes don't take the time to unpack that. And so when they say things, as well-meaning as they may think it is, it comes off tone-deaf and offensive. Yeah, uh, Kinsler, that's well put. perfect way to put it. Hey, Dirk, thank you so much for joining us today. And again, happy birthday. I hope the rest of your birthday day is as at least as much fun as you have yeah. yammering with you us. You don't look a day older than 50, Dirk. Sure, well buddy. done. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It's the hard life of booze that, you know, that, oh, that I have stop to, it. That, you know, to keep up for these interviews. But I, I do my best. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, Dirk. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Thank you. Take care, that was Dirk Hayhurst. Great You'll be stuff. hearing him throughout the year on this station. One of the best. Yeah. I love Dirk's insight. It's yep. honest. It's real. He, you know, speaks from a place of experience. Yeah. I just, I had to ask him about the gold chains. Like, it's always, over the years, it's, it's distracting. bothered me. It's distracting. Like, the baseball uniform is quintessentially not athletic. Mm-hmm. Like, you wear a belt. Yeah. Like, an, an actual <laughs> belt. And gold chain, like, it. It doesn't bother me. I just want to know the explanation for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I find it weirder. Think with, about with it. If, if a guy came in with his shirt, you know, dropped down mm-hmm. with a bunch of gold chains around his D-bag. Anyone not Mr. T. Yes. Like, he's right. Anyone not Mr. T, you're like, ugh. But baseball players can get away with it when they're playing. And I just wonder what makes the – where's the exception? Where does the rule bend for them? Hot, more hot jewelry talk plus free for all Friday and DeMar DeRozan scored 40. That's next on TSN 1050. It's funny, this song actually goes perfectly with one of the questions we will do in a minute for free for all Friday. This is Game Day. I'm Matt Cause. That is Gareth Wheeler. This is Afterlife by Arcade Fire. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Pierre Lebrun will give us the latest on the Olympics versus the NHL. Plus, Sherman Hamilton will join us. We will chat about the Raptors' recent run and a dominant win last night against the Heat. They're taking on the Mavericks on Saturday, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Pre-game at 7.30, tip-off at 8.30. But we do it each and every Friday. It is time for the Free for all Friday. Free for all, it's free for everyone. Free for all, it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. First question: If Cause's girlfriend was held hostage and ransom was in his entire wine collection, would you do the exchange? <laughs> she's oh she's probably listening right now, so yeah, yeah. Of course you would. Yes, but we don't want to plant any seeds. Yeah, like that would be devastating. Yeah, so no one on an emotional level and as well as yeah, the emotions of me losing all my wine that yes. would be devastating. Uh, Andy writes in best way to reheat day old pizza. Ooh, the oven. Hundred percent better than the microwave. Yeah, every it is. time it is. It is. Now, how about this though? What but about- I don't mind the cold pizza. I don't mind Sans reheat. Uh, it, to me, it's better when it's heated up. Really, I love cold pizza. Yeah, just the the oven. The you know the toaster oven works as well. The toaster Do oven. Do you have a toaster oven? I used to when I was in university. Yeah, the, a that toaster thing, oven. That thing just went on fire all the time. Are those still hot? Like, well, they're, they're hot, but, like, do people still like, go out and buy a toaster oven? I hope not. Cause the, the, I haven't seen a toaster oven in years. Ours used to go on fire. Now, I will. Let, a, let us know right in if you actually own a toaster oven. 
We don't have time for toast but hot toast. I just want confirmation that okay. these things still exist. All right. Um, name one pro and one con about working for Bell. Now I'm going to go with uh, Bell. That's also TSN. Um, I've worked. There's a lot of people here. I've worked for ages. There's a lot of very talented people that really give a bleep about their job. Yep. Stuart Johnston, uh, the president of TSN, You're is going a really right good to guy. the top to suck up. I appreciate he that. He is. He's fantastic. I've known him for for about 15 years. Very nice man. Yep. Let's see. One con for working for Bell. We have to change our passwords all the time because when you're at a giant company, they like I gotta I gotta change my password in like seven days again. I'm tired of that. Okay. How about you? Uh, I like the creative atmosphere. Okay. A lot of creative people, very talented people that I work with, which makes it a stimulating environment. By one negative, mm-hmm. they give us a discount being a Bell Media employee for like cable and television. Mm-hmm. The discount isn't enough. Okay. Discount yeah. should be more. Yep. You know, like we work hard for this company. I forget what it is, like 15, 20. I, I don't know what percentage it is, mm-hmm. but you at least need to go 50. Yep. Okay? Right. Fi- like 50 50 is the way to go. That discount isn't big enough. Would Matt want to have immortality? Yes. Um, that's easy. That's easy. One question. Do you think anyone wouldn't want to have immortality? Let's go around the room. Uh, technical producer Zach Summers, you were granted the ability to have immortality. Do you take it? Nope. No. What? Do you have to live for if you know you're going to live forever? What's the point? Do you and again the, the questions that remain? Be awesome. Do you stay as you are at this moment when you're granted the the yes. gift of immortality yes. right now? Like like, nah, like man, when, when Kramer take was taking the side was was the vow sides right now. I take nope. it. There are going to be so many superhero movies we're going to eventually uh, not be able to see. Who knows what Netflix is going to do? Zach's negative. Tyler, come on. That's not negative. No, it's actually not. It's actually very life affirming by by Zach. Uh, It's. um, I think it's negative. I'm going to take a way more negative approach. If you lived forever, you'd have to watch everyone you know die. There it is. (laughs) That's true. So that's Uh, one thing. You'd have to like make new friends constantly. You'd constantly have to reset your life. The food at the funerals. It's finger sandwich Friday. That's one thing to look forward to for immortality, I guess. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. One person. That was deep. At, okay, one last one. Then we'll get. Well, then we got to hit a break. Um, one. We have per- so many coming in. One person at TSN you would want to be. Uh, you would not want to be stuck in an elevator with. That's easy. All right. I actually, for whatever reason, I had this conversation right before we came on air this okay, morning. Okay, the one person. Michael Landsberg <clears throat> told me that he's terrified of being stuck in an elevator. It's yeah. like a. It's a fear of his. Mm-hmm. We're talking about MRIs and how it's claustrophobic. Michael Landsberg hates elevators, and he said that if he got stuck in an elevator, he'd kill himself. So I would not want to be stuck in an elevator with Michael Landsberg because I'd hate to see what would happen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Being around, you know, a corpse would. Stuck. Yes, yeah, exactly. That, so that, that's that, an easy one. Yeah, I, I think um, I might go with the Titian because I feel he would start doing push-ups or chin-ups. Like in the middle of it, and then I'd feel like just like I'm just standing there, and then I'd feel you know some right. shame that you know he's sitting there like getting his his workout. And in, in fairness, because Dutchie's jacked, he'd take up far too much room, and that's key. If you're going to get stuck in an elevator, it can't be too crowded. Mm-hmm. You need your space so you can at least sit down and take a break at some point. Yeah. Um, and By the way, a surprising number of people have and use toaster ovens. I'm shocked. I am not. We throw out this question. Of course, everyone's gonna, you know, is gonna participate. Tons with toaster ovens. By the way, I'll give tons. I'll give one little piece of advice. If you are gonna use it in the microwave to reheat your pizza, 
Put some paper towel over top and cook it on a bit of a lower heat. Great tweet by Michael. They still exist. I don't even have a normal toaster. And so far, it has not caught fire once, so that should be the, that should be the slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It hasn't <laughs> caught on fire once. And McMaster... Great. Our toaster oven, because it was disgusting, all the grease, so we would never clean it. Once every week, just the smoke would come. One time, legitimate fire. Like, legitimate campfire, like, Cub Scout fire from the back of my toaster oven. Wow, Heather, who I do work, my producer for Toronto FC coverage. Yep. She has a toaster oven, but no toaster. What? What is going on? I, I literally did not think that toaster ovens existed anymore, but... I've been proven wrong. They're popular. By the way, uh, my girlfriend has tweeted in. I would have taken the wine, Matt. My captors could be cute. And then she wrote, I'm always listening. Wow. Which I, is actually very sweet. I very think nice. that's a cry for help. <laughs> right there. By the She's way, saying keep the wine. That's how little she wants to come back to you. Listen, if you are listening, that means you're at her place. It better be clean when I get there. Beat the Miami Heat 101-84. A couple significant big picture points. They're a half game back of the Wizards for third in the East for that magical, mythical third position. And the the Wizards have been scuffling, especially defensively. The Raptors, and take this for what you will, because Cleveland doesn't care about the regular season. Why the rest conversation is an interesting one. But the Raptors have a better scoring differential than any team in the East. They've been on, they've been on, uh, managed to go 10 and 5. Gareth, as you said earlier, without Kyle Lowry. And listen to this clip from coach Dwayne Casey after last night's 101 84 win over Miami. We got to be trending in a certain way, and I like the way we're trending defensively uh, because, again, the, the playoff games are going to be a lot like we're playing right now, more so than the high-flying, high-scoring games uh, that you see. So the trending, the way we're going is good. And what the Raptors have is an identity. They got two things they can do. They play After getting Tucker and, and Ibaka, they play great defense, and you've got two guys that can break down a defense in Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. So they have an identity. Well, without Kyle, the question was always going to be, where the, where's the scoring going to come from? Mm-hmm. And DeMar DeRozan, back-to-back nights, goes over 40 points. Just, and just efficient, incredible. And what efficiently he, as well. And that's the thing. You think that teams will cave in on them, limit the ball getting to DeMar DeRozan, and just trying to give him difficult looks, but he continues to make them. Mm-hmm. And he's gone to the free throw line back to back nights in those 40 point games in double digits in terms of numbers. I think DeMar DeRozan is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I, I think we're going that far. There's people in the national media that continue to disrespect him. He's quietly having an absolutely incredible season, which is even more impressive for me, cause. Considering he just signed the big contract. Yep. Oftentimes when players sign that career, that they see large it as a finish line. You, and they you de- sign the big contract. Uh, when you sign that big contract, the next statement is they all lived happily ever after. Totally. Like, where's scoring going to come from this team? Look at the scoring in last night's win. A blowout win over Miami. The Rosen had 40. The rest of the starters the, had 25. The next highest scoring player was Norm Powell with yep. 14. Mm hmm. DeLon Wright mm-hmm. 
who you wouldn't even thought would have been really in the rotation even a couple months ago. He had 13. No one else had double digits. Yeah. No one else. And that just shows you the importance of a DeMar DeRozan to this team right now. Valanciunas, two points last night, only two field goal attempts, 20 minutes. Whiteside was playing. Like, there are players on this team who are not carrying their weight, but that's being masked and continues to be pushed to the side because of the play of players like DeRozan and the fact that now you have a defensive presence. Like Noah Baca last night. Yep, Noah Baca. And they still beat one of the better teams in the East in terms of the way that Miami's been playing over the past couple months. They've been the hottest team um, after starting their 10 and It's a great win. It it was. And one final point before we go. What's I think most impressive about DeRozan is that Miami knew that that was the guy who's going to be shooting. The rest of the starters had 25 points. Crazy, man. The defense knew DeRozan is going to be the one, and DeRozan still beat them. That is the most impressive part for me from DeRozan last night. Uh, we'll get back into the May Four Four-game th- winning streak, buddy. Yeah. After that blowout loss to Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. that's the way to bounce back. And they take on the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Coming up next, will I get three pro-line best bets in a row correct? Find out. And we talk about all the records being broken by the Toronto Maple Leafs right here on TSN 1050. Texter writes into the show, Hey guys, I was wondering if you guys could tell me if Brad Marchand looks more like Franklin the Turtle or if Franklin looks more like Marchand. I got this one. All right. Brad Marchand looks more like Franklin the Turtle because Franklin the Turtle is more universally well-known yes, and popular. So you, whoever is more popular, that person looks more like them. Yes. That's uh, how I go. The only, Franklin's more popular than Marchand. Yes, absolutely. The only thing I would add, if Franklin had a much bigger and more obnoxious nose, then it would certainly be more similar. <laughs> Darren Dreger was on the right. morning show and... Um, you know, we everyone expected a certain level of success from the rookies, from the Maple Leafs. But this level, even uh, Darren had some surprise. I don't think that they're blown away surprised, but I think that they are a little bit surprised. How can you not be? You know, when you look how impactful William Nylander has been this year, another beautiful goal last night, you know, how Mitch Marner has, you know, evolved so quickly. I mean, there was at least some question around the organization as to whether or not he'd be able to crack the Toronto Maple Leafs on a full-time basis. Marner ties the Leafs' rookie record for assists with Isn't 40. Isn't that wild? Yep. Like, Babcock admitted last night that he didn't know if he'd make the team. Imagine weird. if Mitch Marner wasn't on this team. Well, Bo, you know I, could, I couldn't picture it. You know who would suffer? Bozak? Career-high 50 points would suffer. Yep. JVR, yep. you know, uh, getting close to probably second-highest point total, would have suffered. Um, power play? Yep, power play would have suffered. Um, by the way, Nylander again extended his point streak to 10 games, breaking the record uh, for consecutive games by a rookie. And that record goes uh, all the way last time Dan Dayus in 1983. Um, we're going to get off the Leafs for a quick second because the topic of a conversation you talked about earlier was Sidney Crosby and his slash on Mark Mathot. And Mark Mathot is going to be out for a while. If you're listening to Guy Boucher, Boucher says it's just, it's trashed. He will be out for weeks. And no penalty was called on Crosby, which makes you wonder how much special treatment does he get? Um, does he do the refs look the other way? Well, no surprise. Eugene Melnick, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, was on our sister station in Ottawa, and here is Eugene being very angry. 
honest to God, I really don't care if it's uh, who it is. Um, this guy should be put in a sitting and watching TV for the rest of the season for that kind of injury. You don't do that, especially him. Come on. He's supposed to be, you know, a, a representative of good hockey. And, you know, all these kids watching this little finger flying off of uh, Mark is disgusting. That was from TSN 1200. Here's one other clip talking about the prognosis for Mark and the uh, what this will mean for the Senators. To slice a guy's finger through a protective glove, you know what kind of hit, what kind of impact that takes? I don't even want to think about it. <sighs> but, uh, you know, there's no room for that in our game. There really isn't. I don't care who it is, whether it's a fourth liner that came up on a call-up or a Sidney Crosby. These guys should be put on the sidelines and show an example for a minimum of 10 games on some, uh, that's, that could have been a career. And if it was like an inch lower, this guy's gone, his finger's gone and for, for good. That's see, <laughs> that's dramatic. It's a physical but that's sport. An owner. There's going to be caught. Yeah. I mean, Mark, games, Mark Cuban would have said the same thing. L- listen for me. Is it dirty? Yes. Like, Slashing in the game of hockey has become an epidemic. Less hitting, more slashing. Mm-hmm. A lot of stick work. Yep. And that's a real problem. And as long as the game is going to go this way, you're going to see a lot more of that. Now, Sydney does it in back-to-back games. I'm glad that he's getting criticized. I'm glad that he's being called out. But let's be reasonable here. Okay, you can't cry bloody murder about a slash. But at the same time, is it a problem? Yes. Should the referees be more aware of it? Absolutely. Should maybe he sit out a game? Sure. I'm okay with that. But 10 games throwing the book at him? Yeah. That's where you lose the argument. And then you it's, go from reasonable to crazy. It's hyperbolic owner. Uh, and from coming from Eugene, not surprising. Um, Wheeler, I'll throw out some stats. And I want your opinion. Which one do you find the most impressive? The Leafs seven one and one in their past nine, considering some of the te- considering some of the competition they've faced. Nylander with his ten game point streak, Bozak career high fifty points, Marner with forty assists, or Kadri. This was from the other day, thirty goals. That is five. Count them five options. You sir can only they're, pick they're one. They're all great, and there's this obsession about individual accolades. Well, of course, there's an obsession. No, but hear me out here. All right. We're beyond that. Okay. We're at a point now here in the season. It's about the team. I don't care if Babcock wins coach of the year. I don't care if a rookie point record's being set. These are things that you'll acknowledge and continue to celebrate beyond this season and into the future. I'm living in the now. So the 7 1 and 1. The 7 1 and 1 for me means the most in the moment because the Maple Leafs have not only solidified themselves as a legitimate playoff team, but they've overtaken the Boston Bruins as well. Yep. And that is critical. And now I look at what's going on in possible playoff matchups, whether it's Ottawa, whether it's Montreal. Are you intimidated by either one of those teams? Really? Carry a healthy, a fully healthy doubting carry price will always intimidate me. It will not intimidate me. All right. The Montreal Canadiens will have all the pressure on them. Mm-hmm. This Maple Leafs team's playing with house money. Yes. Bring it. Yep. I, how, how long have we been craving a Montreal Canadiens Toronto Maple Leafs playoff series? 37 years. It would be electric cause. Like, that's where the focus is right now. And I don't think the Maple Leafs would be a significant under, uh, underdog whatsoever. All right. Speaking of being intimidated, Gareth, you sometimes go by the nickname of Gambler, though you don't like to have it, but it's you, there. 
I'm not a gambler. Okay, it's only one we've used for a decade with you. Anyway, uh, are you intimidated by my pro-line best bet success? I'm back happy to back. for you. Back to back. You're so. bringing, bringing legitimacy to our good friends at ProLine. Let's go three in a row. All it's like right. It's the equivalent of the bowling turkey. Yeah, the, three strikes in a row. It's a wild gherkin. The turkey comes up on the screen. So um, it is Friday, which means it is point spread day. Follow my logic. I'm going to take the Brooklyn Nets over the Wizards. The Nets are a 12-and-a-half-point underdog. The Wiz, you know what, they haven't won a game by that sort of margin in well over a month. They've been playing a lot more closer games. I know the Nets stink. 12-and-a-half's a lot. Next, I'm going to take the Pelicans on the road at Houston. The Pelicans, a 7-point underdog. Consider Houston, they've got the 3 seed. They're not getting to the 2. No one's going to catch them. The Pelicans are fighting for a playoff spot. Pelicans have won three in a row, starting to mesh uh, DeMarcus Cousins with uh, with Davis, and they beat Houston a week and a half ago by 16 points. Finally, I'll take the Sacramento Kings at Golden State. That number, 17 and a half. This is a backdoor cover, and it is coming. $20 pays you 100 bucks. You can find my picks on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio. You can get way into the game with ProLine. It's the sports betting game that lets you turn small wagers into big excitement before you wager. Get the latest odds, event info, and matchup stats on your phone. ProLine, get way into the game. Wheeler! Is it a hat trick? Ooh, I like two out of those three. I'm just not sure about the Rock. I, I like the Rockets tonight. But, hey, you're taking the points. Not a bad move. Mm-hmm. I, let's put it this way. I'm telling you, you got a chance. All right, that's all I need. Saying there's a chance. All right, let's see if we go three for three. Pierre LeBron joins us next. We get back into the debate. What is going on? What is the latest? The NHL, Gary Bettman and the owners versus the Winter Olympics. Next on TSN 1050.